Teach you guys a thing called phrenology. What do you think that means? Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals, along with our unmatched marketing, has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area, and this is how we do it. It's a part of sales and seduction. It's a way of selling, of understanding that everything happens in frames. We spend a lot of time on this in my coaching group um, of this piece, but frameology is a way to sell. And I want you guys to understand that selling comes down to everything you want in life. Everything you want with your spouse, everything you want with your husband, wife, obviously, your kids, your personal life, the car you want, house you want, money you want in the bank, everything comes down to my ability to sell. And so the more I can master that, the better I can get at that, the more of those things I'm going to have when I want. I want my kids to do the things I want them to do. Guess what? You're very, very good at selling, understanding these things called frames. What do you think frame means in the world of that, that selling here we're talking about? I'm going to give you guys the top really pieces here of that. But I, and here's the thing. One of the things I've been studying about this, I'll teach you on those two parts. I'm going to give you guys just a framework today of it, but there's seven main parts, I think. Number one is the frame. I want you guys to look at the frame as the frame is a place where you put the art. So look at frame in the world of a museum, right? A famous painting, Van Gogh or something. What's the meaning of the frame, you think? No, because you don't, it technically doesn't, right? My grandma used to paint all the time, that's how I know. She's painting this canvas. They put this wood thing behind it that holds the canvas together, and then what do they put on top of it? A frame. Frame separate. I didn't realize this, so she'd take it, she'd take the frame that's already in the wood, sorry, she'd take the, the canvas that's already in wood behind the canvas, and she'd insert the wood into the frame, and they'd staple the wood into the frame. I never really knew why she did that, but going through this process, I have, what do you think the main point of the frame is? The frame makes sure that all the focus is on the art. Does that make sense? And look at it this way. So that frame, the nicer frame going around that, if I'm looking at the museum walking in, I look at the frame, then where's my eye go to? Right within the art in the very center of the frame. And so in sales and this understanding, my frame makes sure that the consumer, the client, whoever it is, is focusing on the art. What's the art in our scenario? Our skills, right? Our sales. My ability to sell, my ability to close, my ability to seduce in the process is understanding that. So I want you to get very, very good at understanding that I've got to frame up the art. Most people just go in and give the art, and they just blurt it all out, and they're not actually setting things up. And this could be things that we're missing. Like we were talking about this a lot in my group, is that a lot of people are missing the numbers in their art. Well, they don't go through and talk about how much they've actually sold or how long they've been in the business or all the things they do as much as they should. And that should be more aligned in the intro. Because people don't care as much about the words and things that you're saying right now because there's so much noise out there. If you start going through this whole story about you and don't have any data in it, and I'm going to teach them that maybe next week about how do we get very good at our numbers. What's our numbers, our time frame, my quality, my quality, my work, my results, and my creation. Those are things we talk about with our clients in the very beginning of the intro to help them understand. Very, very important piece there. Right? And those numbers would be things like what? 
Yeah. Yep. How many homes we sold as a team last year, number one? Why? It's a whole lot more impressive, right? Almost $200 million in real estate sold, right? You can break that down per hour. Very close to $200 million, right? Break that down per hour. Hey, look, we sold, you know, multiple homes a day. I think, was it one every 12 hours? More than that, whatever it is. Yeah, so it's over, I think I did the math on it, it was like 10 point something hours. But I'm going to get much better at that so we can get good at that. Hey, look, we're very good. We sell a home every 10 hours. The average agent sells a home, uh, average is about four homes a year, right? So we're going to talk about that with you guys in that piece. So I want you guys to understand the frame piece is what helps understand folks on that. Now, to do that, I have these things I have to establish. They're called boundaries. Yes. The boundaries are for us to set up. Here's what's going to happen, happen in this conversation so that what? You stay focused and stay within that. You are the most important person in their life at that time. I want you to ask yourself the question that, am I the most important person in their life at this time? And if that's not the case, then guess what's not there? My boundaries. We talked about this an example, trying to do a sales call, right? You're calling them and they're driving in their car and they got their kids in their car. Am I the most important person in their life at that point? Not at all. And so I have to be willing to set new boundaries. Hey, look, hey, look, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're on the call. Glad you made it. But this is probably not going to work out because I'm going to need us to be focused on each other right now. And I don't want you to have to worry about that while you're driving. Let's go ahead and reschedule for tomorrow morning at night. And one of the gifts we talked about as we role play through this is the most people, why they can't get that done, is you have to be willing to let go of their guilt. So I have to really justify and say, look, thank you so much for being on the call. I really appreciate you being here still. But I want to make sure we can focus on each other 100%. And I know you're driving, because here's the thing. When they're driving, what's the most important thing to them? Driving, driving, not hitting the, any other cars. So there's no way I'm the number one person there. So I just want to make sure that I set and have these clear boundaries, and I live within those boundaries no matter what. Now, weak salespeople will set boundaries, and then what happens? That could be something like the dude, enough certainty, dude doesn't walk out, right? That's the thing. You have these boundaries. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going on. Boom. And so just ask yourself, how, am I, how well am I setting boundaries? I'm going to teach you on this in that scenario going forward, which I think is very, very important in that piece, right? Oh, this is one thing, too, we talked about, too, I think is very important um, on that. Well, the biggest mistake we make is entering the conversation and people being in yellow mode. What do you think that means? Yellow. I wish we'd have yellow, but yellow. Right? So we're entering the conversation people when they're in yellow mode, they're not in green mode. So if we do boundaries right, it takes them from yellow to this place of green. Means that we're in agreement. We're going the same place with the same scenario here, and they're okay in the scenario that we're in, and I'm guiding that. Does that make sense? Very, very important. Most people make the biggest mistake is trying to sell people when they're in place of red or black. But a lot of times we think that we're in green, really in yellow. And what boundaries do and setting boundaries with frames help us get to this place where, hey, look, I'm in green, they're in green, now they're really receptive to what I'm saying. I'm not bulldozing them into that place, uh, which I think is a big deal in that scenario. Yeah. 
Yeah, makes a big difference, right? Third one, this is a little more difficult. Third piece here is stewardship. What do you think that means? In this stewardship of helping to get to this place of what's best for them and best for me. I'm helping them get to this place of what's best for them and what's best for me. And I, tr- I treat that as a major responsibility. And I think it's very important, right? And I kind of wrote my notes here. You've been given this stewardship because the product and service you have is good for both them and you. And it's very important. It's best for me to be in this place here of integrity. Two levels of integrity. Number one, I'm personal. Like uh, I think Catcher talked about internal integrity, meaning that I'm willing to stand up and collide with somebody for the right reasons. Why? Because I believe in this product. I believe in Myrtle Beach. I believe in what we have. And ultimately, I believe in me as the real estate agent that's going to help them sell or buy in this scenario. And that takes true conviction, especially right now in a market that's difficult. I have to be willing to stand up face-to-face and collide with them on a high level. Very, very important for me to do that in that scenario. Very, very important, right? And as we talked about this for any type of property, right? Are you or your own client? Sorry, any, any type of product. Are you your own client? There's a big aha for me in a way, right? The question for yourself, number one, are you your own client? If not, how can you become your own client? The third piece is, What's your plan to become your own client? One example he talked about, if I'm selling private jets, but I fly on for American all the time, what's my integrity like there? What's my stewardship like? Is that like being a mortgage and not owning a home? Yeah. Real estate too, own something. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have it right this second, but what's the, what, what made me want to write this down and share this is the question is, what's your plan to become your own client, if not? I don't expect somebody to be brand new and be able to buy something, have something, but what's your plan to buy something if not? Because indirectly, though, you're telling them to buy something. It's the dream here, but you haven't bought anything yet. Can you really come from a place of stewardship and true integrity? Hold on. The question there is very important, and I, I kind of always been like, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it does matter. Because you're going to be much more willing to collide with them when, guess what? You do own. You do live here, right? And you believe in that based on your ownership yourself. And the value of home ownership and the value of how much more wealthy it makes people. And all these things are a big difference in that scenario, which I think is important. And so, again, those questions are important in that part. Are you your own client? Number two, how can you become your own client? Number three, what's your plan to actually become your own client? Doesn't mean you can't sell if you're not, but I guarantee you at a much higher level if you are. Which is very, very important piece there. Right? And I want you guys to understand that this stewardship here is living. What does that mean, you think? You live it. So if I don't make my dials, I'm the half truth, and I'm saying I'm am, and I hit my, am I really having true stewardship and integrity? No, I'm not going to be able to set frames and have hard frames and all these things for these people that are important so that I can be able to live up and collide with them when I need to in one of the most difficult markets in many of your careers. Almost probably all your careers if you haven't been in since 2008. Right? So very, very important piece here. Fourth one. 
This is why I taught what I taught on earlier is very important. Fourth piece of this is certainty. What does that mean, you think? Say what I need to say with conviction. Probably say what I need to say. Say what I need to say when I need to say it with conviction. Me, am I willing to stand up and collide with these people where? In the frame, within the boundaries that I've selected. So part of sales here is I you know, set a frame, I create these boundaries, and then what's going to happen with great salespeople? They're going to collide over and over and over about things that they need to know. That's why it's so hard for new people to take listings. I talked about this yesterday. I think about this lady had this, this issue, right? The problem with new people when they take listings is what? They're uncertain, it's more difficult, it's different, and they're not willing to do what? Collide to help them realize that they're delusional about how much their property is actually worth. And the more I let them live in that place of delusion, the harder it is for me to get them back to reality. And so back to this place of certainty, I'm never going to be able to collide with any more certainty to have in my own self, my own life. And so if I go back to this page here and talk about these things and these half-truths, and why I talk about why it's so important for me to have the code, right, and live in this place of the code, because it shows up every single time when I'm in this place of certainty with my clients, which is why they're not buying from me. Why? Because I can't hold the space needed to within the frame to help them understand that. Which is why I can't teach on a lot of this if we don't have the basic truth, half-truth part figured out and living by the code. Does that make sense, you guys? That's why I wanted to go back over it this morning, especially after looking at the numbers. I can't teach you guys on this if I can't have anybody do the basic things about the code. Right? It's very important. And the certainty, we're always having to find that new level of certainty. We're always living a place of certainty based on how our actions are in and around our work. So if I'm uncertain in things that are going on at home or how I'm showing up or whatever it is, I cannot bring that much more certainty into to, to the workplace. I think I can. And I pretend I can, but guess who knows that's not certainty? The client who doesn't sign with you or doesn't stay with you, who doesn't want to continue working with you. Or the client who just disappears and you don't really know what happens to them. You think they didn't buy, they went and bought for somebody else. Every buyer's agent in this room has somebody doing that right now. This very second to you. So it's very, very important for me to understand that piece. I must continue growing my certainty every single day. In my own products, my own certainty in myself, very, very, very important part overall. Right? Third piece here. Sorry, fourth, fifth piece, whatever it is. Fifth piece is my setup. This is the next level. But it's my setup. What do you think that means? What's my setup? Yep. Set what? Set the frame? There's a pre-frame piece, but guess what I'm doing here? This is where people screw up the most. Probably, once they, if they have the basics. I've got to always be setting something up. What is it? Oh, the next thing. My next move. Yeah. Or my next frame. Most people just go through a sales process in a place of reaction. They're not the one set of the next frame, the next piece. So I've got to be very, very good at this. And the last two are going to kind of come together in that piece. But I've got to make sure I'm very, very good. Because here's the deal. The frame's not the same on the first day as it is the last day. 
Real estate has a very long sales cycle, so the frame's not the same it is on the first day as it is on the last day. What does that mean, you think? And depending on where the process, who is? There's two pieces of that. You said depending where you are in the process, right? But ultimately, what does it depend on? Process where they are, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like, for example, on the seller side, some we get in really early. Some we get in very late, and so I'm always working on understanding what's my current setup, but how am I setting up for the next move? And that starts with an awareness of understanding, hey, here's what's going on in the sales process. Here's what's happening in the sales cycle, right? It's a lot of work for the setup. Most of the work happens in the setup. And the setup for you to understand is what's going to happen next, right? I must know the buying patterns and behaviors of the buyer or the seller, right? I must understand the buying patterns and behaviors of the buyer or the seller. So I have to be really into their psychology and know what's happening. Most people screw up because what do they do? On the buy side, they do this half-assed script. They meet with them. Their setup's really not great in their, their script. If you go back and listen to the recording, if they do lucky enough for them to show up, they do a presentation, and they set up some emails, and then what? Wait for them to come back to them. They're not setting up the next move. The next move right now, hey, look, we'll meet in 48 hours and look at your top five houses, your top five properties, we'll go look at them together. That's set the next move, and that's being proactive versus being reactive to the scenario, which is why most buyers will not really want to work with you because all they got was some emails. Why? Because they don't understand what the next move is, and you're not making that clear to them as the leader. And moving them from point A to point B. Right? Here's what happened next, and here's the thing. The hope can't be your strategy. Right? You cannot be winging it. You're always setting up for the next thing. And that goes back to us being the true leader here in that stewardship of understanding and knowing what's best for them. And if I do that, I don't have any problem making sure I set up the next frame or the next step for them to know here's what has to happen next. And if they're unwilling to, to fill out loan documents, what's that tell about my stewardship and my leadership? Right? So I'm just winging it hoping they want to buy something and they go through it, right? So what's your setup look like? And here's the deal, right? Are you always setting up for the next thing? And once you get really good at frames, you understand pre-frames and, and, and frames, and I'm setting up for the next frame of what happens so I can close this loop and move to the next loop, which is how I get true influence over them and what they do. Sixth piece here is the last one, which I think is important. Uh, I, I think it's very powerful that I don't spend enough time on. Number six, you got to be the compass. You're always leading the way. This is very important. What most people do is they allow the clients to lead the way. And so I wrote here in my notes, right? You have to have some sense of navigation in your mind on the sequential thinking of where you're going to take them. Very important. You have to have some sense of navigation in your mind on the sequential thinking of where you're going to take them. So what does that mean? I'm thinking two and three steps ahead. The conversation I'm having now is so I can move them the way I need to move them two steps from now. And I want you guys to visualize yourself as the person who's holding the compass that has to direct what's going on. Here's the deal. There's not a straight shot in sales. I've got to be smart enough and good enough to look at the compass and read what has to happen next for me to move that direction to find the next point to move to the next point. You got to do what? Lots of work of looking, understanding, and reading that, figuring it out, finding the next point, and then doing what? Evaluating what's going on, moving to the next point. Right? So I want you guys to understand that you have to have the sequence and process in your mind where you're taking them next. 
Because when you do that, that's how you lead with authority. I'll say it again. You have to have the sequence and process in your mind of where you're taking them next. Because when you do that, that's how you lead with authority. And so ask yourself that question. Am I the person with the compass here that's leading with authority? Most people are selling. They don't have any idea where they're going next. And so I don't have any idea what's going to happen next is my client. That goes back to the analogy of the pilot, the pilot who's in turbulence is not updating their people what's going on. Right? Very, very important piece there. You have to have a process for the results. And here I want you guys to understand, you are the navigator with the process. They need to know that you are the navigator with the process. And you can tell them that, hey, look, my job is to help navigate you all through this process of selling your home, through buying your home, and my job is to hold the compass, read the compass, and help you guys adjust based on every problem and every term you run into to make the best decision forward to get us to the ultimate finish line. Very, very important piece there to understand that where you're having that piece of the navigator. Right? Questions about that? No? Next couple weeks, assuming we hit 50% and have good numbers, and right? We're going to teach you guys this on a much higher level. But understand that there's much higher levels to the sales game, and you got to be the same thing as inquired and look and see where I'm missing the gaps.